excited to have you join us for the show on this evening. You know, when you think about it, it is 41 days to the new year. And not only to the new year, but to a starting of a new decade. So I'm just so excited about everything that God has done and he's continuing to do and how he is just going to just take things that he has planted and allow them to bloom for 2020. And so tonight we're going to talk about living the thankful life. And I'm excited about living the thankful life because it hasn't always been that way for me, you know. So, but before we get into tonight's topic, I would definitely want to open us up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for allowing us to wake up this morning, for allowing us to see your brand new mercies and your glories, dear Heavenly Father, for allowing us to have the activity of our limbs, for just allowing us to live in the purpose in which you have set forth for us. So dear Heavenly Father, for those that are struggling at this present moment, we want you to cover them. For those who need healing, we want you to heal them, whether it's in their heart, their mind, their body, or in their soul. For those who are lost, allow us, your true people, to be their light so that they can find their way towards you. And allow us that have professed you and proclaimed you to be a brighter light so that they can stay focused on you. We thank you. We love you. And we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In your son's precious and holy name, amen. And so... When we talk about living this thankful life, I have two scriptures that are a part of my living the thankful life mantra that I actually have on little like printed on sticky notes that I keep around so that I can look at those any time that I get off track. And the first one is Philippians 4, 6 and 7. And I like the new King James Version. In this scripture, and it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And another, my other favorite scripture is Psalm 46, 1 through 3. And it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. And I love that particular um, set of scriptures because it's basically saying that it doesn't matter what is going on. God is the strength. It doesn't matter heaven and earth can pass away. There could be mountains just collapsing and disappearing. He is still the refuge and the strength. So it doesn't matter what is going on around us. Thank him in the midst of all the craziness, in the midst of whatever you may think your life is about. We need to thank him. And we talk about as being a believer, being a Christian, you know, why do we have to give thanks? Because we think that Thanks is a month in the time of year. And not everyone may not think that, but my experience and for those who come in contact with, and you know what? At one point, I always thought this. 
I thought that November around Thanksgiving time was the month where we really just showed our love and our generosity and we really was pouring into people and to help people. But that's not the case. We're supposed to be doing it all the year long. You know, again, thanks, giving thanks to God is good for our relationship with him and it's good for our well-being. It's a mark of obedience because we're commanded to give thanks to him. And so as I was thinking and praying in regards to tonight, God reminded me of what my Thanksgiving anniversary is. And you're probably saying, what? What is that? And what my Thanksgiving anniversary is, is the is the day when I completely decided that I needed to be obedient and that I needed to be thankful in everything, even when it didn't look great, even when I didn't know what was going on, even when I was just sitting there wondering like, okay, it's all crumbling around me. What am I doing? Even when I just wanted to bust out crying on a consistent basis because I just didn't know. But that was the day, it was about three and a half years ago, when I just decided that, you know what, God, not only am I going to be obedient to your will, I'm just going to be thankful that I have a roof over my head, that you've provided me with the provision to be able to pay for it. It may not be what I may want, but obviously there is a reason, there's a purpose that you need me in this space at this time. And I noticed that when I truly became became thankful, not only was it easy, I was easier to be thankful and to show thanks to others, but it became very more you know very much so easier to be obedient and thanksgiving and obedience go hand in hand and because when you're thankful when you're thanking him for everything even the trials even the tests even the tribulations even the pain and the hurt even when you're thankful in that It's easy to be obedient. And the reason why it's easy to be obedient is because you've seen him work in the small areas of your life. You've seen him sustain you when you didn't know how he was even, how it was even going to work out. You've seen him open doors when you didn't deserve for them to be opened. So when you see those things and you're thanking him for that, it's easy to be obedient for the big things. It's easy to say, God, here I am. Use me the way you need to. It's easy to allow him to do what he does. It's easy to take your hands off the wheel. Because obedience and thanksgiving are hand in hand. And As I've been going through this journey, and as you're probably also going through this journey, there are some things that I have learned that from those who are truly grateful, you know, I remember when I was younger and we used to adopt, 
you know, grandparents, even though my grandmother was the best in the world, um, we always would go to the nurture homes and we would sing. I was in choir and I love the stories that our elders would tell. And there was this one, you know, couple that was there in the home and one, you know, the wife had dementia and the husband, he had, um, had broken his back and he was in constant pain and they was unfazed by what their physical was. The wife who was having, who had dementia, she might not have remembered who her children were, where she was at, but she knew who God was. She could call on the name of the Lord. She knew that he had been good to her. She she knew that the kids were good and that there was grandkids. She might not have remembered a lot of things, but she knew who she served. That she served an awesome and an amazing God. And I used to sit in awe because I'm just like, she don't remember nothing else. But she remembers that. And she would always say, you know, I may not can remember some things, but you know what? Maybe that's God's will. That's maybe that's what I'm not supposed to remember those things. I'm only supposed to remember what he's done for me. I'm only supposed to remember who he is and what he is. I'm not supposed to remember all of that other stuff. Because she said at the end of the day, he is the end all and be all. He's my all in all. He's my strength. He's my refuge. And however he decides this ends is perfectly okay with me. And I'm just like, okay. I'm looking because I'm complaining because I didn't get no shoes. I, I wasn't getting, you know, shoes for my birthday or something. And this woman right here who doesn't remember, wasn't remembering a lot of things was remembering who God was. And her husband, who was racked with pain all the time, he didn't focus on the pain. He never once complained about it. He was just thanking God for him allowing him to see another day. For him to just be able to walk, even though it may be a little bit slower. Even though he couldn't do all the things he used to do when he was younger. But he said, well, you know what? I'm not you know, in my 20s anymore. So I shouldn't need to run and do things. I'm supposed to take my time. And that spoke volumes, you know. Because see, when you see that, when God decides he's going to restore health or finances or whatever, you, you become grateful for those small things. You know, you begin to savor the sweetness of the members of the family that are still, you know, living, that haven't passed on or moved on. You begin to not take them for granted for the life that they've lived and for what they've contributed and how they can pour into your lives to get you to the next level. See, I learned that these people were thankful always. It wasn't when I was feeling good or how it's good and it's, I have a great day and I have a whole bunch of money and I have a whole bunch of people around me and we can party. It didn't matter, rain or shine, up or down, good or bad, happy or sad. They was always thankful to God. 
And because they was always thankful to God, their demeanor showed it. They was pleasant to be around. People gravitated toward them. Because in spite of whatever they were going through, it was a magnet. It was strength. It was warmth. It was love. And people were drawn to that. And you can say, you know, yeah, they're drawn to people. No, they were drawn to the God that was in them. Because even in their lowest moment, the brightness and the light of God was showing through them and shining through them. So people were drawn and they were able to say, you know what, in spite of what I'm going through, what I'm going through may is small to what they're going through and they still show God love and God thanks. So thankful people is always. I'm getting there. I don't always show thanks. Sometimes I do complain. Sometimes I have those rough days and I'm not always thankful. But I am so much better than what I used to be. And so with that, I've learned to be thankful with small things. And that seems to be what I always push on and talk about the most is those small little things. It's it's not the major accomplishments. You know, I can go on about the major accomplishments. I have businesses. I have, you know, the opportunity to travel the world. But the smallest things for me is to be in my right mind. To have full, full-fledged control over those emotions. To be able to walk in healing when I couldn't do it years ago. You know, to have a roof over my head, that may be a major accomplishment for someone, but that hasn't always been the case. It hasn't always been stable in my life. So that for me is a small thing, that small thing of having consistent shelter. You know, just the ability to get out the bed. You know, I've always been very transparent with my struggle with, you know, depression and post-traumatic stress disorder. And there are days when all I can do is get out the bed. And on those days when I get out the bed, I'm thankful to God. Because there was a point in time where I couldn't do that. It was just like I would just cancel whatever was going on for the day. Or it would just be so draining and it would just be like, I'm just, you know, would be all discombobulated for the day. But now when I go through those moments and I can still get out that bed and be functioning and do the things that I need to do, I'm thankful. Is it a work in progress? Absolutely. But now I have more good, I have better days. I have more good days than I do bad days now. And that all became with just thanking him for that small thing of just allowing me to be able to get out of the bed, to be able to get into the shower and get ready to face the world. Thanking him for that small accomplishment. You know, being thankful for just the atmosphere, for the change of the seasons, just being able to smell the roses, you know. And I'll be honest, I'll be thankful because I'm a football fan. I'll be thankful when my team wins too. And, and, and we're not going to get uptight or anything like that. 
we love game, you know, sports or whatever. We have our favorite teams. We have people that we cheer for. You know, there's competitions, you know, and we're thankful, but that's still a small thing. And we are thankful to God for that happening. You know, I'm thankful when a child is found. I'm thankful that when a child is fed and they're protected and they're covered. I'm thankful in all things. And see, by being thankful, you have to express it. See, so many people say they're thankful, but you don't know that they're thankful. It's really quiet. It's kept. They're like, yeah, I'm thankful. But their life doesn't show it. You know, thankful people, what I've seen and I really want to get to the level of this because I've seen and witnessed some thankful people where it just radiates from them, you know, and it's just a bright light and it's like, you know, it's a magnet and you're attracted to that. You know, I am grateful with sharing with others, but I want that rate, you know, that to just radiate throughout my spirit of being thankful, you know, and wanting to even draw out even more and the best in others. See, when you give, you're thankful about it. Just like this, if you had children, many of you do, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, anyone who you give gifts to, Would you continue to give them things if they wasn't thankful and grateful? Would you continue to give give them things if they're always complaining about what they do have and don't have and how they don't have enough and, and things like that? Would you continue to give them more? And that's what we have to understand about our relationship with God. We are complaining about okay, we don't have the big house or we don't have the big car and we don't have enough money and we're trying to do this and we're trying to do that. And not once did we thank him for the provision that he has provided for us already. Not once do we thank him for the sacrifice that he made so that we can even be here to do this. Not once are we thanking him for just being God and loving us. See, if he did us the way we do him, we would be in trouble. But instead of doing that, now what he'll do is he'll make sure that we are still covered. But he doesn't extend additional. And and you may say, well, why? Because you haven't shown that you can be a good steward over what you have. Who's to say that you don't get that five bedroom? He gives you that five bedroom house or he gives you that BMW and he gives you that, you know, six figure job. Are you going to start complaining that that's not enough too? see, we are looking at the wrong things. And I can honestly admit that I was looking at the wrong things at a good point in my life because I figured There was a point in my life where I was making great money and I was, you know, traveling the world and doing various things. And so, but I wasn't grateful. I wasn't thankful. I felt that I was entitled to that because I had put in the work and that I had done all of these things. So I was entitled to have that. And when it fell apart, 
when it crashed, I felt that, you know, oh, so you're just going to leave me hanging. And what did I do? And I've always, you know, served you and I've always, you know, done right and whatever. But I was missing that key aspect. I wasn't thankful. I wasn't grateful for what he had given me, what he allowed me to obtain. And so once it fell apart, it was like, okay, this this really can happen. And so now as he's building me back up and he's taking me on the different path and he is setting me back in place, I'm thankful. Because we'll never get to a point where I'm no longer thankful. Because been there, done it, got an award for it. Don't want to do that again. Not at all. And understanding that being thankful is a choice. You know, there are so many times I would hear people say, I choose to be thankful. Or they would say, I was raised to be grateful. See, gratitude is a choice. Just like God has given us all free will and we can choose to serve him. We can choose to follow him. We can choose to do what's right. But again, it is all a choice. He doesn't hold it on over our head. He doesn't kick the door down. He is patient and he is going to wait. He'll nudge you along the way. He'll try to get you to get your act together. But he is going to wait on you because that is what he does. And that is how he operates. You know, he does not, you know, work in any other manner. He is God and God alone. Like he doesn't have to beg you or plead with you. Now, don't get me wrong. He wants you to come to him. He wants you to do the best because he is a loving and giving God and he wants all you to have all of that. All of it. And he's not going to sit there and deny you what it is, but he wants you to do the best. So we have to choose to be the light. We have to choose to be thankful because in all things, we have to give him thanks. In all things, we have to give him praise. And then you may think, hmm, well, why do I have to? Because see, when I think about things and what we've experienced. You see, most people have experienced life's most difficult challenges. You know, when you think about those, like my grandmother lived through the Great Depression. She was a child in the Great Depression. So therefore, she made sure every time that we was grateful for the meal that we had and that we didn't waste anything. Because she knew what it was completely like to not have. Also, as a child, being homeless and not knowing when your next meal was going to come or how it was going to come, 
you were I became very grateful and cognizant of not wasting any food. You know, and it's those things that shapes your life and situations that shape your life that you wonder like, oh, wow. This is why I have to appreciate the things that I have. I remember when I was in an accident, I had gotten married the year before and I wasn't even married a year when I got into this accident. Um, I was coming home from work and I was running late. And normally I would have been on the bus ahead of me, but because I was running late, I missed that bus and I got on the second bus. Now, mind you, I was highly upset, highly upset that I missed this bus because I'm like, okay, I'm going to be late. I'm going to do all this stuff or whatever. Now, normally in this, the first bus, I would have been sitting in the back, which is my normal spot. I liked it. People didn't bother you. It was just my decompressed. And then, of course, you. it was February and I lived in New England and the heat was on. Let's be real. Back of the bus, it was nice and warm. And so I missed that bus. So I'm getting um, the second bus or whatever. And I am, we're going along. And before we know it, the bus that I'm on hit the bus in front of us. And it was a bad whatever. I was taken to the hospital, you know, back, whatever, however, the, the impact, it wasn't great. And then when I looked, when we when they finally got me out and was on this backboard and they're pulling you out, the way this accident happened, we we all automatically knew. We were just was like, okay, the, the bus driver that was in the in the first bus is can't be alive. And we just didn't believe that the driver we had was alive. Just there's no reason. But the impact was going to be, would have been where exactly I was sitting. Had I caught that bus and all that complaining that I was doing about missing the bus and being late or whatever, I became immediately grateful because God did a distraction because normally I wasn't, I wouldn't have been at work at this time and this particular executive would not have been there and they needed something. And it was just like, it was the weekend and I'm just like, oh my goodness, I can't do this. Okay, let I'll do it because there was no one else there. And what I took as being a distraction and being frustrated and being late literally saved my life. Because yes, I had back issues. And yes, I had other issues coming along that I was so grateful to God that I was able to walk. I had to go through therapy, you know, making sure not to do too much to get into relapse. It was a long, hard process. But I was grateful that I was able to walk. I was grateful that I didn't lose any, you know, didn't have any major health things or major repercussions. Yes, today I got to be careful. I can't do as much as I used to do, but I can walk. What I can also say is that nobody lost their life. What looked like devastation, it wasn't. Where people hurt, yeah, they were hurt. But no one lost their life. No one lost their ability to walk. No one lost any limbs. And so in the time we think is something that is bad, God is doing something to 
make sure that we're good. Because that could have been different. And so, yes, I am always thankful for those small things, those small distractions. And we all know what they are. We we get upset when we're, you know, late for work or we something has happened that's causing a delay. You need to thank God for those because there is things he is shifting and he is making sure that you avoid certain things. Because he is working behind the scenes to line things up. And so I'm always grateful in a delay. Some of the best times that he's allowed me to pour into people and to minister is when I thought I was late. And I wasn't late. I was at the right place at the right time to pour words of thanksgiving and love into someone who needed it. So never think that you're running late or you're running early. You're running on God's time. And so many times because we think we are running late or we're you know running out of time for something, we miss what God has purposely set up in front of us to be a blessing to someone else, to show love to someone else, to show thanks and gratefulness to someone else. And yes, this has happened like recently. I think I was on Facebook and I was telling the story. I was getting my bus to work and this driver, I was I was okay and perfectly content that I was going to miss this bus. And she sat there and waited. She waited for the light to change. And I walked over, got on the bus. And I speak to her all the time. I said, hi, sweetheart. How are you doing? How's your day? Are you staying warm? Blah, blah, blah. And before I got off the bus, as we were getting to the station, she says, I stood there and waited for you. She says, because every day you speak to me and you ask me how I'm doing and you always tell me to be safe and to be careful out here. And she said, that means the world to me. It shows me that somebody at least cares. And I... I wanted to cry and not to be, you know, cry because I was whatever. I wanted to cry because sometimes I would ask God, you know, am I being an impact? You know, are the things you're having me do like, are they really touching someone? Are they really reaching someone? You know, is it really helping someone make it through their day? And whereas it was a blessing to her, it was also a blessing to me. Let me know and to let others know that, you know what, people are grateful for those small things. You may not know it until months later. You may never know it. But that smile, that thank you, that asking them how somebody's day's going, it means more to them than anything that you can ever imagine. So don't stop doing that. And you know what? That is a part of being thankful. That is a part of being thankful for your life and what God has done. And you are exuding that thankfulness out to someone else when you inquire about that day, when you tell them to have a good day, when you even engage in the smallest conversation, when you give them a smile. You know what? And sometimes it's even when you may not want to. You may be feeling defeated inside, but you know what? You don't want somebody else to feel defeated. So you smile at them and ask them how their day is. 
And when I do that as well, I instantly feel better. Because you know what? Nine times out of 10, they smile back at me and say, you have a good day too. Or they'll just smile back or, you know, they'll wave. But that's being thankful to God for everything that he's done. I notice that I have better days when I start my days with thanksgiving. When I start my days with praise. When I thank him before I do anything else. Before my feet touch the ground. I'm thanking him. And when I set that in motion, the day moves amazingly. You know, and when I think about it, it's made me, you know, realize that, you know, we're, I'm, I'm so grateful for these mountaintops experiences that God has been giving me over the past year. Because I've experienced those valley moments when it's lower than low. And I was thankful in those valley moments. So I'm even more grateful and more thankful now that he has done exceeding and abundantly in everything that we can ever, ever ask him to do. You know, just some tips, just some tips on what I do to be living this thankful life. One, number one, and I think it's really the most important thing is to speak positivity. See, our words are the voice of our heart and speaking positive can demonstrate quickly the thankfulness that we have in our lives on a daily basis. When he says um, life and death lies in the power of the tongue, it does. Because if you speak life, you're going to have life. If you speak death, that is what is going to happen. Because I can tell you so many times when I've spoke death, not only to my situation, but to others. And it's being negative and not being nice, not empowering, not uplifting. So therefore, we have to watch this little thing. This little tongue is powerful. And so instead of giving it life to kill, give it life to live. Let it sow. Let it be comforting. Let it be loving. Let it be kind. Speak positivity. Because that is the, it will brighten your day. When you start out saying, you know what? Today's going to be an awesome day. I am going to have a great day today. Do you know how many times you do have a great day? Because I know for me, when I say, oh God, this is going to be one of those days. You know what ends up happening? It's one of those days. And I'm just trying to just make it through because I have put that in the atmosphere that I'm going to have a bad day. And so therefore, don't do it. The minute you feel yourself thinking about it and and doing it, arrest that thought. Because see, we can control our mind. We can control the little gremlin trying to get in and say, you know, plant seeds of doubt and, you know, ungratitude in our head. Because, you know, he gets us to thinking like, well, you know, you know how they are at the job. You know how they are. You know, what's what's the point? What's the point of being nice? You know, you can't be nice to them people. 
get him to get behind you and get beneath you where he belongs. He, he doesn't even deserve to be in the same atmosphere. We're going to speak positivity all the way through because it will set your day in motion to be successful and blessed. Second thing that I've done to be living this thankful life that I have found works very well for me is smiling often. See, a smile is smiling is a universal language. See, people can easily see how you live your life by how often you smile. And this isn't the typical thing where people say, oh, you should smile more often or, you know, why you look so mean and things like that. Sometimes we just don't smile. I get it. The day is weighed on you. But I realize, see, it takes it's so easy to smile. It takes a whole lot more to frown. I I figured that out. It really does. So I smile. You know, even sometimes when you want to cry inside, smiling just tends to brighten the day. It tends to draw love. It tends to, you know, someone can just see through that and they, you know, they speak positively into you. So smile. Because you can just exude that positivity in your life. Three, be quick to say thank you. Never allow someone to do something for you and you don't be grateful. You know, it is two little words. It can be so hard to say, but it has wonderful reactions to it. You know, gratitude to others is just not something that people do easily. And, 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 And we get it, but it's a great way to live a thankful life and to demonstrate it on a consistent and daily basis. You know, if someone brings you something or, you know, they say, you know, they smile at you, they ask, you know, how your day is, just thank them. You could be getting at a restaurant. Thank the waiter. You can be in the retail store. You know, I'd be at Walmart or CVS or, you know, Walgreens. It doesn't matter. I say thank you to those who have served me. Or, you know, if I've asked a question and they've answered a question, whether it they work at the store or is another customer, I say thank you. And they don't expect that. And the day they may have been having or it may have been rough or whatever, all of a sudden you see them kind of soften up. Because, you know, they're human too. And they want love too and they want appreciation. So when you say thank you to somebody... I want you to notice how even though they try not to smile, they'll smile. You know, say, how's your day going? Thank you for doing that. You will be amazed at how it changes a situation at any given point in time by saying thank you. Now, this one is I'm getting into this year um, and it's writing thank you cards. Um, We have become... A society where everything is electronic, everything is social media, we text everything. And the art of writing a note or writing a letter or writing a card is trying to slowly die. And I decided that this year I'm sending out holiday cards and I'm sending out, you know, thank you cards. And, you know, those who I know that are on my list and I have birthdays, I'm going to send out birthday cards in the coming year. 
I'm just going to send cards to say I'm thinking of you. Can I do it via email? Absolutely, I can. But when someone gets that piece of mail and they open it and they read it and they think about the time that you took to write that note of thanks, of encouragement, you know, again, you can do it electronically. I'm not saying that you cannot, but I do it often electronically. And sometimes, you know, I miss that my grandmother used to have a box of, you know, cards that she used to get that she'd say, well, so-and-so sent me this and this was for this. And to see the her light up and the enjoyment on her face when she was going through those cards and the little notes and even the things that we made as kids that we would bring home. And <clears throat> I know if you have children, you probably have tons of it. You know, if you have grandchildren, you have tons of it. But it is so amazing when you can pull it out and it's a memory associated with it that is giving you love and encouragement and has brought you joy. So write a thank you card. You may say, okay, I don't have the finances to write physical cards. Then that's when you do an electronic card. You know, we have so many different free services that you can use to just say thank you. Even, you know what? Write a simple email that says, thank you. Have a blessed day. Thinking of you. Wanted to thank you. And they don't have to necessarily have done anything for you. That's the key. Write and thank someone for being just them. For being who God purposed them to be. For walking in the blessing and the purpose that God has for them. You know, thank them for working towards their relationship with Christ because it's a helping to advance and to build the kingdom. Lift people. That is what it is. It doesn't have to be anything special or purpose. You know, you can go to the dollar store and get blank cards and just take a moment to write and to uplift somebody. Because it could be that card that helps them continue in their walk. It could be that card that lets them know that what they're doing is not in vain. That others see it as well. And that it's being a blessing. So get get that old good old pen and paper out. And let's start writing cards again. And writing notes again to people. Let's bring back that art. Because we so need it in a time where everything is connected to your phone or your computer. Also, when I was going through this, I've always done this, but I wasn't doing it at the capacity that God wanted me to. And it was to be an encouragement to others. See, even though I was transparent and tell my story and always am open for those who, you know, have questions or help or anything, I wasn't really there for those that you saw struggling in life. And when you see somebody that may be struggling or don't know where their, you know, life is going, instead of commiserating in what their life isn't doing, be a positive encouragement in their life. And it's useful you know, it's a useful way to be live thankful. 
you know, for others. See, it's in a time when they needed to be uplifted and appreciated. You know, they may be struggling. They may be new to the faith. And they don't understand the things that someone who is seasoned in the faith. I have always taken this philosophy when it comes to my walk with Christ and when he encompasses with me or puts in my stead those who are new to the faith. I do not do anything that would jeopardize their relationship with Christ. And it's not because I can't do it. It's because they're new to the faith and they're learning and they're, you know, they're still on milk. They're still beginning to, you know, they haven't been able to be weaned off anything. They're still getting to where they need to be. So therefore, we're not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize that, you know, them being fed, them being nourished. And so I try to make sure that if it's going to be something that will cause someone who was following me, who was doing whatever, if it's going to cause somebody to stop worshiping and following God, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, you know, do that. And then now I have to go back. And that's what it means about being an encouragement and a positive encouragement. Don't don't do anything that could jeopardize them going backwards, whether it's in their faith, whether it's in education, whether it's whatever part of their life, you have to be positive and you have to be a loving encouragement for it. <clears throat> this one is really important. And um, and I had to learn it because I was good at <clears throat> I was good at not being open and telling people how I felt. And it was good when someone would hurt my feelings or would be, I would always keep that inside. And the problem with that is, is that it builds and it festers and then it shows as ingratitude because now you're angry. Now you're discontent. Now you're no longer happy with things and how they're supposed to work. So you have to be open about how others impact your life. You know, see, when someone has taken a moment to lift you up, impact or improve your life, take a moment and share how much they mean to you. Now, also, if it has hurt you, take a moment to share what that has done to you. See, so many times we leave things unsaid when it's positive or negative, especially though when it's positive. And see, we need to let our pastors our ministers, our elders, you know, those who are in the body of Christ and even those who are not in the body of Christ. We have to let them know that their guidance, their love, their support, what it's done for us, what it means to us, how it's impacted us. Because there's so many times that we pour into others and we know God's will is going to be done. We know that the God we serve is going to handle whatever it is. But sometimes we need to know, how did it impact you? How have you been able to grow? It's just like students and teachers. 
Remember, you always had that favorite teacher who always supported you, always made sure that you did the best. And what do most of us do? We try to find those teachers and we try to go back to them and say, see, I graduated because you believed in me. I got this because you believed in me. We should be doing that amongst the body. When someone pours into you, we should be saying, thank you. This is what I was able to do with that support. When someone hurts your feelings, You should be able to go to your brother and sister and be like, you know, that hurt my feelings and this is what it made me feel and this is how it's impacted my life so far. But we have to be open about it because if we don't know and others don't know, we kind of just walk around wondering sometimes, did we have an impact? Did we we didn't have an impact? And then for those who've been hurt, the person who you feel hurts you Don't even know that they've hurt you. It may not even have been an intention. You know, they may have just said what they said and kept going. And it was no malintent, but we haven't voiced it. And then we go to we go to sleep on our wrath. And then we have, you know, confusion and craziness and strife with our brother and sister. And then we keep button heads because we don't know where it all came from only because we haven't said anything. So it goes both ways. We have to let people know when they have a positive impact, when they've improved on our life and when they have uplifted us, we need to share with them how it has given us joy, how it's lifted us up, how it's allowed us to get to the next level. And we also have to share when it has been the opposite. And I I believe I am a firm believer that once we do that, once we really get into that aspect of being open and honest and true, we'll come to find out a lot of the things that hurt us was never meant to hurt us. And then we can get to the root of what it is. Because sometimes somebody may say something and because we have an underlying issue, we've taken it the wrong way and we thought it was a personal dig at us and that wasn't the case. And so when you go to your brother and sister and you tell them that and they explain like, well, no, this is what I meant. What it comes back to is, wait a minute, there's something that's causing this. And I need to seek God because something is deep down that we haven't healed, that hasn't been healed because I'm thinking something that is so menial or so not even in relation to what I think it is. And I'm taking it wrong. This is how you flesh out so that you can live that thankful life. Because it's all about the inner healing and getting into the grime of it, and just cleaning it out. And finally, you have to believe that everything will turn out for good. And I know for some people that could be a little hard. Because see, when we're thankful, most thankful people, they have this aura or this air about them that just don't let, they don't let things get them down. And the reason why that happens is because they truly believe that everything will turn out for good. 
everything will turn out for good. So they're not worried about how it's going to handle, how it's going to, you know, work out. They truly believe. They truly believe Romans 8.28. And when it says and we know that all things work together for the good of them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. They live out Romans 8.28. And what they understand and know is that we were never promised to have a life without struggles. But see, we were promised that he will never forsake us. And see, and being thankful in all things isn't always easy. But it's something that can be learned over time. So it's not going to happen overnight. And I think, you know, many of us have become part of the microwave society who want things to happen right then, right now. It is not going to happen overnight. It takes practice, daily practice. Now, see, for me, these are the things that have worked for me. And I pray that they can work for you and you can modify them to however your needs are. You know, that may not work for you. It may have worked in a different order. You may have to do a different thing, but you have to get to the point where you have a, a, a checklist and that you can say, you know what, these are the steps I'm going to do daily to begin living this thankful life. And you may have to get a notebook. I say a journal. Five subject notebook is a lovely thing. You can decorate it, do all those things. And what I do every single day in my book, in my notebook, my daily notebook, I put the day's date and I start off with these seven things. I list them down. And as my day goes through, I check them off. It is a practice. It is something that I have to practice like prayer, meditation, reading, having quiet time with God. It is a daily continual thing. It's not a one and done thing. Being a believer is not one and done. It is continual practice. It's consistent practice. And once you realize that, you will... Understand that just because you had a bad day today doesn't negate everything that you've done for God. Just because you might not have always, you know, done it correctly or how you feel correctly, it doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean that he's not looking out for you. What it just means is that we have to do better. It means that tomorrow's a new day and that we have to start over again. It may be noting in your journal, why did I have, why did I struggle with this one today? That is what a journal is for. I tell you nothing else. A journal will be your best friend because it gives you the time to take those notes and it gives you time to reflect back on. And then when you talk with God and you meditate and you allow him to do a download into you, you can then write that out. And then so you can be like, you know, 
why do I have a problem with saying thank you? And it could be, okay, I don't particularly care for this person. And then it can get into, well, why don't I care for this person? What did this person do to me to make me feel this way? And this is when you begin to dissect what is truly the root of an issue. But again, it's a continual and daily daily process. So what I want you to do is I want you to remember what God has done. I want you to tell others what he has done. I want you to show God's glory to others. And I want you to offer gifts of self, time, and resources. In a nutshell, all seven of those ways that I was discussing this evening lines up with those. To be always remembering what God has done for you. The smallest thing to the business thing. So when you begin to do that and be thankful for that, you don't you forget about the things you was complaining about. Because those little things that you're complaining about is minuscule compared to what he's done for you. And then commit to just telling others what he's done for you. That's right. He woke me up this morning. He allowed me to get out of the bed. I have food. I have shelter. I have clothing. And just show God's glory to others. And I love doing that just from the day to day, just being transparent, just being me. And so many people approach me because it's just like, how is it that you're so comfortable in just being you and being a child of God? You know, and it's just like, you know, I don't want anyone else to feel like I used to feel that you had to be perfect and that you could never make a mistake. And because the one mistake I did would make, it kept me out there longer because I felt that I was unworthy. So now I am just transparently me and I thank God for it each and every day and Every time I get a chance to, I'm offering my help. I'm offering my time. I'm offering those resources. See, the thing is, what can you do? What you do for others when they can't do anything for you is what speaks volumes. I do because God has given me the resources. God has given me the talent and he's given me the gifts. And this is not to say that, you know, if you have a business, you have to have everything free. I'm not saying that. God is going to direct you on what to do and when to do and to who to do it with. And that is, again, being in relationship and being obedient to God. And when you do that, he will let you know who to sow into with yourself and your time and your resources, who to help. He will give you that. You don't have to do it on your own. Definitely do not have to do it on your own. Remember that Thanksgiving is a mark of obedience and that we are commanded by God to give thanks. And when we do that, it is awesome and amazing for our relationship with God and is good for our overall well-being. So remember, and in all things, give thanks. In all things, 
good, bad, and different, give thanks because he will always make sure you're good. He will always direct your path. He will always be that light. So I want to thank you for listening to the show on this evening. Be sure to visit us on Facebook. Um, You can find us at Moving Past You. Um, Join the page, um, have our conversation, access the show notes, and get some bonus content. You can also listen to us on the Praise Orlando um, Global Media on Facebook. You can search for that. You can always find us over there. Um, You can also subscribe to us on YouTube, um, on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Just search for Moving Past You. And as I leave you on this evening, I always want you to remember to be kind in your word, in your thought, and in your deed. Be blessed. Have a great evening. And we'll chat next week. Good night.